Ozzy Mark Podcast Show, H.G. Wells, The Time Machine. The Time Traveller thought so it will be convenient to speak of him, was expounding a registered matter to us. His grey eyes shone and twinkled. His usually pale face was flushed and emanated. The fire burnt brightly and the soft radiance of the incessant lights in the lilies of the silver caught the bubbles that flashed and pu- passed in our glasses. Our chairs, being his patients, embraced and caressed us rather than submitted us to be sat upon. There was that luxurious after-dinner atmosphere which thought Rome's gracefully free of the trammels of precision. He put to us in this way, making the points from a lean for, with a lean forefinger, as he sat lazily admired his earnestness over his new paradox, as we thought it, and his fluency. You must follow me carefully. I shall have to con- convert one or two ideas that are almost universally accepted. The geometry, for instance, he taught you at school, is founded on a misconception. It is not that rather large thing to expect of us to begin upon, said Philby, an argumentative person with red hair. I did not mean to ask you to accept anything without reasonable ground for it. You soon admit as much as I need from you. You know, of course, that the mathematical line is a line of thickness. Neil has no existence. That taught you that, that they taught you that. Neither has a mathematic, has a mathematic, Neither has a mathematic plane. These things are more abstractions. That is all right, said the psychologist. Nor, having any length, breadth, and thickness, can a curve have a real existence. There I object, said Bribby. Of course, a solid body may exist. All things, is it? All real things. So most people think, but wait a moment. Can an instance of cube exist? Don't follow you, said Philby. Can a cube that does not last for any time at all have a real existence? Philby looked, became pensive. Clearly, the time travel proceeded. Any real body must have an extension of four dimensions. It must be a length, breadth, thickness, and dimension. But through the natural infirmity of the flesh, which I'll explain to you in a moment, we incline to overlook this fact. There are really four dimensions, three which we call the three planes of space and the fourth time. There is, however, a tendency to draw an unreal distinction between the former three dimensions and the latter, because it happens that our consciousness moves intermittently in one direction along the latter and beginning to the end of our lives. That said, a very young man making spontaneous efforts to reunite his cigar over the lamp, that very clear indeed. Now, it is very remarkable that it is so exceptionally overlooked, continued the time, continued the lamp, that very clear in the deed. Now, it is very remarkable that it is so exceptionally overlooked, continued the time reader, time traveller, the slight exception of cheerfulness. Really, this is meant to be by the fourth dimension, though some people who talk about the fourth dimension do not know what you mean. It's another way of looking at time. There is no difference between time and any of the three dimensions of space except that our consciousness moves along it. But some 40 people 
have got hold of the wrong side of that idea. You have all heard that they say have to say about this fourth dimension. I have not, said provincial mayor. Simply this, that's fate, this is space, that space, our mathematicians have it, spoken of as having three dimensions. One call it length, they call, one they call length, breadth and thickness. It's always definable references to three planes, each at right angles to the other. But some philosophical people have been asking why three dimensions particularly? Why not another dimension at right angles to the other three? Even try to conduct, construct a fourth dimension dramedy. Professor Simon Newcombs has abandoned his to the New York Mathematical, Mathematical Society only a month ago. You know how on how on a flat surface, which only two dimensions, we can present a figure of three-dimensional solid. Similarly, they think that by models of three dimensions, they soon represent one of four. If they can master the perspective of the fit with things, see. I think so, murmured the provincial mayor, and knitting his brows, he lapsed into an introverted state, his lips moving as one who repeats mythical words. Yes, I think I see it now, he said, after some time, brightening quite transferably manner. Well, I do not mind telling you that I have, to work, I have been at work upon this drawing of four dimensions for some time. Some results are curious, for instance, there is a portrait of a mayor. Eight years old, another fifteen, another at seventeen, another at twenty-three, and so on. All these are evident exceptions, as it were, three-dimensional representations of this fourth-dimensional being, which is fixed and ultra-ultra-ultra thing. Scientific people proceeded as triumphant. I want to pause quite for the proper assimilation of this. Know very well that time is it's only a kind of space. Here is a popular scientific diagram, a weather record. This line I trace with my finger shows the moment of the barometer. Yesterday it was high, yesterday night it fell. In the morning we rose again, so gently but upward up to here. Surely Mercury did not trace this line in any dimension of space generally recognised, but certainly he traced such a line, and that line, therefore, we must conclude, was along the time dimension. But, said the medical man, staring hard at, at, at the coal in the fire. If time is really only a fourth, is really only a fourth dimension of space, why is it and how, why has it always been regarded as something different? Why cannot we move in it, time, as we move around the other dimensions of space? Time traveller smiled. Are you sure we can move freely in space, right and left we go? Backward and forward, fairly, fairly enough. Men always have done so. I admit we move freely in two dimensions, but how about up to and down? Gravitation limits us there. Not exactly, said the medical man. There are balloons, but they, but before balloons, say for sporadic jumping and inequality of the surface, man, and no freedom of vertical movement. Still, they should. Could move a little up and down, said the medical man. Easier, far easier, down and up. And you cannot move at all in time. You cannot get away from the present past. My dear sir, that's just where you're wrong. This, this, this is where the whole world has gone wrong. We're always going away from the present moment. Our mental existence, such as the material, 
have no dimensions are passing along the time dimension with uniform velocity from the cradle to the grave. Just as we should travel down, we begin our st- existence 50 miles above the Earth's surface. But the great difficulty is this, who interrupted the psychologist. You can move about in all directions of space, but you cannot move about in time. This is the germ of my great discovery, but you, that you, that you, but you are wrong to say you cannot move about in time. For instance, I've been recording this incident very vividly. I can go back to the incident of its occurrence. I became unsurmounted. I say, I jumped back for a moment. Of course, we have no means of saying back for any length of time. Any more than a savage or animal has a stain six feet up below, above the ground. But a civilized man is better off than a savage in this respect. He can, he, can, he can go about vibration in a balloon. Why should you not hope that a mortal to me may be able to stop and accelerate his drift along the time dimension? Or even turn about and travel the other's way? Uh, oh, this, again, Furby, is all. Why not, said Time Driver. It's about reason, said Furby. What reason, said Time Driver. You can show black and white by argument, said Furby. But you will never convince me. Possibly not, said the time driver. Whenever you begin to see an object in my investigations in geometry, what dimension long ago I had a vague inkling of a machine to travel through time, exclaimed the very young man. Time is space travel, indefinitely in any direction of space and time as a driver to determines. Feel me contented itself with laughter. But I have only. But I have a very experiment of vocation, said Dundrella. It would be remarkably convenient for the historian, said the physicist suggested. One might travel back and verify this account of the Battle of Hastings, for instance. Don't you think that might attract attention, said the medicine Our ancestors are no good tolerance of anchorisms. One might say one's Greek from the the very lips of Homer, Plato, and Manfield. In which case they have certainly ploughed through your view the little gods of German scholars of prose, Greeks so much. There is, then there's the future, said the young man. Just think, one, one might invest all one's money, leave it to come interest and hurry on ahead. Discover a society, said I, erect on several communistic bases. After all, while the theories began, began the scientists, psychologists. Yes, it seemed to me. I never talked about it till. Experimentation, verification, cried I. You were going to verify that? The experiment, cried Philby, who was getting brain weary. Let's see your experiment anyhow, said the psychologist. It's all humbug, you know. The time Trevor smiled round at us. Then, still smiling faintly with his hands deep in his trouser pockets, he passed slowly out of the room, and he heard his slippers shuffling down the long passage to his laboratory. The psychologist looked at us. I wonder what he's got. Some sleuths like to stand the hand a trick, or they said the modest medical man in Philby, trying to tell me that the, about a country he'd seen on bosom. Before he, he had finished his preference, Time came back and felt his antidote collapse. The thing about the Time held in his hand 
was a glittering metallic framework, scarcely large enough for a small clock, and very delicately made. There was ivory in it, and from translucent crystallite substances. And now I must be spitted, a cannibal thing. He took one of the small octagonal tables that he scattered among the table and set it in front of the fire, two legs on the heat rug. On the table he placed the mechanism. Then he drew up a chair and sat down. The only other object on the table was a small shaded lamp on the bright side of the, of the of which fell upon the model. There were perhaps a dozen candles, about two brass Two brass candles upon the mantel, with several scrolls. So the room was brightly illuminated. I sat in a low armchair nearest the fire. I drew this forward so almost between the time traveller and the fireplace. Philby sat behind me, looking over his shoulder. The medical man, the public ritual mayor, watched him in profile from, me, from the right, and the psychiatrist was on the left. The young man t- stood between. Behind the drivers were all on alert. It seems incredible to me that any kind of trick, whatever subtly contrived, however boldly done, could have been played under these circumstances. Time driver looked at us and then the mechanism. Well, said the psychiatrist. Is this all fair? said the time traveller. Resting his elbow eyebrows upon the stable and pressing his hands together up above Pratus. It's only a model, and it's my plan for the machine to go through time. You may, you may, you will notice it looks screwingly new, and you may, there's an odd twinkling appearance about, about this bow. It's though it's some way unreal. He pointed to the part of his finger. Also, there's one white lever. And here it is. Medical man got, uh, got out of his chair and speared It's beautifully made, she said. It took me two years to make the tortured of time traveller. Then, when he had all imitated the action to the medical man, he said, Now I'm, I want you clearly to understand. That this lever being pressed over sends the machine gliding into the future. This only reverses the motion. This title represents the seat of a time driver. Possibly I'm going to press the lever and the machine will go. It will vanish, pass in the future and disappear. Have a look at this here. Look at the tabletop and satisfy yourself there is no trickery. I don't want to waste this model. Then be told or quack or quack. Moments pull. There was a moment pause, perhaps. The psychologist seemed about to speak for me, changed his mind. Then the time traveller put forth his finger towards the lever. No, he said suddenly. Lend me your hand and turning to the psychologist, he took that individual's hand in his own and told him to put his foot well, out his forefinger. So it was the psychologist itself went forth, set forth a model. Time machine to its intermittable voyage. While we saw the lever turn, I was absolutely certain there was no trickery. There was a breath of wind and a lamp flight jumped. One of the candles of the mantle was blown out and the little machine suddenly 
swung round, became instinct and was seen as a ghost for a second, perhaps. An Italy eddy of a found faintly glittering grass, round and ivory. It was gone, vanished, save the lamps. The table was bare. Everyone was silent for a moment. Then Philby said, felt he was, he was damned. The psychiatrist took the cover for his pupil and looked under a table. At that time, Trevor laughed carefully. Well, he said, with a moment of miss of, of the psychiatrist, and getting up, he went to the back of the jar on its mantle and with his back began to fill his pipe. He stared at each other. Look here, said the medicine man. Are you in earnest about it? Are you seriously believe that the machine that travelled at the time? Certainly, said time traveller, stooping in the light to feel at the fire. And then he turned, lighted his pipe to, to look at the psychic's face. Tychus had showed that he was unhinged. I big I have a big machine nearly but he finished in there. He gave the laboratory and that will put us together. I mean I have a journey of my account. You mean that that machine has travelled into the future, said Delby. Into the future future past. I don't I don't I don't into the future, I don't for certain know which. Have an interview in the, after the psychiatrist had an iteration. He must have gone into the past if it's anywhere, if it's gone anywhere, he said. Why? said the time traveller. Because I presume there's not enough space if travelled into the future. It'll be there all the time since it just travelled through the time. But, I said, if it's travelled for the past, it would have been visible when we came first into this room, and last Thursday when we were here, and Thursday before that, and, for, and so forth. Oh, serious objections, we may, remarked the provisional mayor, with an impartiality turning towards this time traveller. Not a bit, said time traveller, said the, to the psychologist. You think you can explain that? Presentation below the threshold, you know, diluted presentation. Of course, said the psychiatrist and assured us. It's a simple point of psychology. I thought you, I thought you've thought of it. Plain enough, it helps the paradox delightfully. We cannot see it, nor can we appreciate this machine, nor anything more than we can speak of the wheel spinning as a body flowing through the air. If travelling through time, Fifty times of a hundred times faster than we are. It, get, it gets through a minute. Well, we get through a second impression. Give me, of course, we can only one fifth, one hundredth of what we can make if we were not travelling in time. That, that's plain enough. He passed his hand through the space in which the time, which the machine had been. You see, he said, laughing. We sat and stared at the vacant table for a minute, so then time driver asked us what we thought of it. Or thought of it. it sounds plausible enough tonight, said the medicine, but that wait till eight tomorrow. Wait for common sense for the arrival. Wait for common sense for the morning. Would you like to see the time machine said itself, said the time traveller. 
and within, taking a lamp in his hand, led them down the long dungeon corridor to his laboratory. I remember vividly the flickering light, his queer, broad, incredulous. Would you like to see Tony? Yes, I'd sit as well. So to try and reveal the lamp in his hand and let it done away. Long down his corridor to his carpentry. I remember vividly the flickering light. His queer broad head in a satellite. It's in a silhouette, a dance of shadows. But we followed him, puzzled out incredulously. Near in the library began to be a large edition of the little museum. <coughs> Which had been vanished between our, our four eyes. Parts made were of nickel, parts of ivory, parts that suddenly been sold or sewn out of crystal rock. The thing that generally was the, the thing was generally complete, but twisted, circled bars but may lay unfinished upon the bench beside some sheets of drawing. Um, that, and the one took up a better look at course it could be. Look here, said the medical man. Are you perfectly serious? Or is this a trick like the ghost that you showed us last Christmas? <laughs> Upon the machine, said Time Trevor, holding a firm lamp of I just explored Turk plan. Is that plain? I've never been more serious in my life. None of us quite, none of us quite know how to take it. I caught the filthy's eyes over his shoulder of the medical, medical man. He winked at me solemnly.